0: Hey, everybody, this is Paul from Make Teaching Sustainable, and I want to welcome you to our first ever episode of the Make Teaching Sustainable podcast. My name is Paul Emmerich France. I'm a National Board Certified Teacher, a Literacy Specialist, an Instructional Coach, a Consultant, and the author of several books on teaching. Just a little background on me. I spent 10 years teaching elementary school, and my work with students has ranged from kindergarten through grade 5. I spent the first couple years of my career working as a 4-5 or looping teacher. It was some of the best teaching years I ever had. Then I went to San Francisco, where I worked for three years for a... an education technology startup company, and network of microschools. I taught a lot of multi-age there. And that was the time where I taught kindergarten and first grade and second grade as well. And then after San Francisco in 2017, I went back to the traditional classroom. Um, I taught an independent school in the city of Chicago where um, I taught third grade for three years. In 2020, I left the traditional classroom due to pressures from my then school to return to in-person learning before COVID vaccines. Um, I wasn't comfortable going back. So I use it as an opportunity to start my own teaching practice, working with students privately while also consulting with schools on personalized learning, doing speaking gigs, all that good stuff. Three years later, my private teaching journey has grown um, with three new books published, the latest of which is Make Teaching Sustainable, which is, of course, the inspiration for this podcast. Now, let me be clear. I want to make sure that this space becomes a platform for amplifying teachers' voices, not just mine. And so every week on this podcast, we will have a guest that talks about a different aspect of sustainable teaching. Every guest will be asked the same set of questions, which I'll unpack here in a second. And trust me, it is pretty cool to see how different each of these conversations turn out because this topic of sustainability is so personal. But for this first podcast episode, it's going to be just me, and I hope that's okay with you. So for this first episode, I thought it would be appropriate to read you an excerpt of the introduction of my new book, Make Teaching Sustainable, entitled Education's Climate Crisis. I thought this would be appropriate because I overview the Sustainable Teaching Project and I describe the moral impetus for making teaching sustainable along with the origins of the project, and where I plan to go with it. So, here goes nothing. My last school was tucked away in Chicago's Gold Coast, just steps from the shores of Lake Michigan. Each morning as I drove to school, I would watch the sunrise over Lake Michigan, the seemingly eternal horizon breaking at Chicago's impressive skyline. On the way home, I'd follow the same horizon, now softened by an approaching dusk, back to my home on the north side. Driving every day down Lakeshore Drive, I gradually began to notice the little details along my route, the pristinely kept parks, early morning rowers taking advantage of small inlets, the many beaches lining the eastern side of our beautiful city, docks protruding far out into the lake, the lines of wooden posts intended to block boats from encroaching upon beachgoers. Things have changed, though, since I started those morning drives. Large sandbags line Lakeshore Drive now. Our beaches have begun to submerge under consistently rising water. The docks that once reached far into the lake are no longer permitted for use. The wooden posts look like small children trying to prove they can stand in the deep end of the pool. The reason for the rising lake levels in Chicago is likely not a surprise to you. Increasing global temperatures and the changing climate have caused higher than average amounts of rain in Chicago. Although Chicago has attempted to control the problem by installing blockades at some beaches and closing others entirely, the challenge is that the problem is not limited to the city itself. Chicago as a self-contained entity does not have the power to stop climate change on its own. Chicago is dealing with the effects of a systemic global problem attempting to implement measures within its locus of control to keep its residents safe and healthy. But long-term sustainable solutions will require a collective effort, a camaraderie among cities, provinces, and nations all over the world to quell the rage of rising tides. Climate crises are ubiquitous in modern times, from a polarized political climate to an uncertain economic climate, no doubt the result of entrenched yet unsustainable ways of living. A climate crisis currently exists in schools too. A lack of teacher agency, low pay, boxed curriculum that dehumanizes learning, and high stakes standardized assessments. These are just a few of education's rising tides, worsening every year and causing more teachers to burn out. Some schools might find temporary local solutions to manage the impending floods, but to truly address the problem of sustainability in the world of teaching requires both a collective effort and a systems thinking approach that will help us get to the root of the problem. These endeavors must proceed in concert with local and individual efforts to truly transform education as a system. Traditional approaches to the practice of teaching and the profession as a whole have been unsustainable for quite some time, but problems are intensifying. According to a Brookings Institute report from 2021, teacher attrition began to worsen in 2021 compared with pre-COVID pandemic attrition rates. The authors compared a RAND Corporation survey from early 2021 with pre-pandemic data from the National Center for Education Statistics. Whereas pre-pandemic turnover rates had hovered around 16%, nearly a quarter of teachers in the RAND survey shared a desire to leave their jobs at the end of the school year. A 2020 Educator Confidence Report from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt and YouGov showed similar findings, with 35% of teachers planning to leave the profession within the next five years, regardless of years of experience. Teacher burnout and increased attrition are both detrimental to student learning and costly. In one study, 85% of teachers reported that work-life imbalance was was affecting their ability to teach. Hastings and Agrawal reported that a mere 30% of teachers are engaged in their work. They found that 57% are not engaged and 13% are actively disengaged. That survey explored the correlations between worker engagement and missed workdays compared with the baseline of engaged teachers. The authors conclude that a lack of engagement in teaching results in increased absenteeism to the tune of millions of missed workdays. Teachers cannot physically, mentally, and emotionally sustain their jobs in the current conditions, and this situation comes at great cost to schools and school systems already financially strained. Turnover can also lead to significant financial strain on school districts. It costs approximately $20,000 or more to replace a teacher in an urban district. Experts anticipated that the 2021-2022 school year could be the year teachers' intentions to resign turned into action, and it would seem they were right. According to a report from the National Education Association and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are over 560,000 fewer teachers than there were before the pandemic. Even more dire, the ratio of hires to job openings hovered around 50%, meaning that many positions were left unfilled. HMH's 2021 Educator Confidence Report shores up these findings, noting that educator confidence dropped 7% from 2020 to 2021, and that 62% of teachers felt somewhat negative, it's 47%, or felt very negative, that's 15%, about teaching. Beware of those who try to diminish these statistics, suggesting that teachers are not leaving at alarming rates and that the media narrative is misrepresenting the problems schools face. These claims are merely a distraction, further muffling teachers' voices and reinforcing a culture of gaslighting that makes teachers feel undervalued, unseen, and unheard. It is true that teacher retention problems predated the pandemic, however. In her book, Why Great Teachers Quit, Katie Farber cites the pressures of standardized testing, ever-increasing expectations, a lack of respect, inadequate compensation, and pressures from parents, administrators, and school boards as major contributors to talented teachers leaving the profession. I am one of the many teachers who chose to take a break from traditional teaching in 2020. I had experienced unsustainable working conditions for years but my school's response to the pandemic was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. I remained connected to learners through a private teaching practice, instructional coaching, and education consulting. And with my newfound professional flexibility, I decided to dig a little deeper into what might be making the teaching profession unsustainable. The Sustainable Teaching Project started simply as an idea for a book, I had noticed teachers were making pedagogical decisions that were creating unnecessary work for themselves and leading to learning experiences that lacked depth. This unearthed an enduring understanding that we will explore together in this book. Sustainable teaching, it's good for both students and teachers. The goal of sustainable teaching is not simply to have teachers do less work. It is to help teachers focus their efforts on effective, efficient, in meaningful practices that make learning richer for students. This aspiration bears some resemblance to the current push to, quote, accelerate learning in schools. Although I urge caution when using that term, as it connotes an increase in the speed at which students learn, educators should be less concerned about the speed at which children learn, and instead direct their efforts toward creating meaningful learning experiences that stick. As I began writing, I realized that it seemed misguided to center myself as THE expert on sustainable teaching. After all, sustainability looks different for everyone. This realization revealed another enduring understanding. Each teacher's pathway to sustainability varies. Sustainability is inherently a personal topic, contextualized and influenced by varying situations, working preferences, and constraints. We must concurrently cultivate self-awareness in teachers by prompting self-reflection on practices and habits that are unsustainable while also identifying tools, strategies, and practices for shifting towards sustainability. I subsequently sought more voices for the project. I created and shared the Sustainable Teaching Survey on Twitter and Instagram through June and July of 2021 with the intention of reaching as many educators and administrators as I could. I began by framing sustainability in terms of three layers. Cultural, how educators think about sustainable teaching and learning. Pedagogical, what educators do to cultivate sustainable learning experiences. And resource, what educators use to build sustainable learning experiences. After framing sustainability through these three layers, I posed four prompts in separate fields. One, describe the conditions, practices, or resources you believe to be unsustainable. The second, why do you find these unsustainable? Third, describe the conditions, practices, or resources you believe to be sustainable. And fourth, why do you find these sustainable? The questions were intentionally open-ended. I wanted to find out what was most important to each participant without too much prompting or leading. In the end, I gathered hundreds of survey responses from participants in all 50 states, representing teachers at all levels of education as well as administrators, special education teachers, specials area teachers, and counselors, and even some others. I also asked if participants were willing to be interviewed over Google Meet. I did not choose participants randomly for interviews. Instead, I sent emails offering interviews to every participant who expressed interest in being interviewed through early August of 2021. These solicitations resulted in more than 70 interviews, totaling over 40 hours— My interview process was consistent each time. I reviewed each participant's survey responses with them and asked them to share more. I made it clear that there were no right or wrong answers and that my probing was intended to understand their lived experiences. If you feel pulled down any one road, I would say, just run down it. I want to hear what you really think. And they ran down the roads. Although many interviewees recounted issues related to a lack of resources or time, others shared experiences of disrespect, maltreatment, and in some cases, abuse. Despite these sad and sometimes frustrating stories, their passion for the profession came through. Talking with teachers all over the country reified my own passion for teaching and instilled within me a hope that amplifying this conversation around sustainability could engender substantive change. The combination of survey data, interviews, and my own research and reflection on sustainable teaching resulted in the identification of six mindset shifts to change the way educators, coaches, and administrators think about teaching. These shifts, accompanied by deeper questions to encourage substantive exploration of the issues, come next. The first is humanity over industry. What is the effect of industrialization on pedagogy? How might we humanize teaching through identity work and culturally sustaining pedagogy to create validating and pluralistic classrooms? The second, collectivism over individualism. Is an emphasis on individualism sustainable? How might centering collectivist practices build an interdependent classroom culture grounded in an authentic care for learning? The third is empowerment over control. How effective are compliance-driven practices in the long run? And how might we leverage learner and teacher agency, cooperatively building agentive and innovative knowledge acquisition for lifelong learning? The fourth, minimalism over maximalism. How can teachers reduce unnecessary planning and preparation and create rich learning experiences that are embodied and intentional? The fifth, process over product. How might we redefine assessment practices, and what might be the benefits of moving from product-oriented measures grounded in acceleration to process-driven assessment that decelerates learning and promotes competence? And the sixth mindset shift is flexibility over fixedness. What are the structures that support responsive teaching, ensuring equitable learning experiences emerge from a constant exchange between teachers and learners? It's important to note that these mindset shifts are not just for teachers. In shifting towards sustainability in our schools, coaches and administrators should identify the conditions, systems, and policies that lie within their locus of control and take steps to improve them. And so, in each chapter, I offer ideas for professional learning written with coaches and administrators in mind. But shifting our thinking it's not enough, although it can be a great place to start. Change is not linear and sustainable teaching is not a destination or an achievement, instead it is a journey. Along with the six mindset shifts that serve as guiding principles for sustainable teaching, I identified six cross-cutting themes and articulated how the mindset shifts intersect. The first three themes, healing, regeneration, and vulnerability ground efforts for sustainability in humanizing teaching and learning. In today's education system, it is all too easy to forget that human beings are the recipients of the standards, assessments, and instructional materials that are sent their way. Keeping healing, regeneration, and vulnerability front of mind reminds us that we teach humans, not content. The latter three themes, partnership, ritual, and simplicity lighten teachers' workloads. Teachers are not looking to do less because they are lazy. They are looking to cut out the practices and resources that do not serve students while amplifying best practices that do support learners. Teachers want these practices because they are sustainable, and students they need them. The first cross-cutting, sustainable teaching theme is healing. In modern times, educators have a moral imperative to center healing in schools. A focus on healing was likely beneficial for students before the COVID-19 pandemic, but in the past few years, every student in every class in your school has been affected in some way by this global trauma. The response to this trauma is not to go back to the way things were before, working at unsustainable rates, embracing dehumanizing success metrics, and abusing educators who are guiding students through the healing process. Instead, we must ensure classrooms are spaces for collective healing. Students and teachers who come to school pursuing a journey towards wholeness and healing are available to be partners in learning that sticks and sustains. And that partnership is essential for classrooms to be sustainable. The second cross-cutting sustainable teaching theme is regeneration. Now healing and regeneration go hand in hand. After all, it is hard to heal if you do not give yourself time to regenerate. Just as the earth has an energy budget, humans do too. For the energy budget to be in balance... The inputs and outputs for energy must remain in sync. The climate crisis is a result of Earth's energy budget being out of balance. We are generating more energy on Earth than can escape Earth's atmosphere, resulting in the emerging effects of climate change like rising sea levels, extreme weather events, and increasing temperatures. Energy is defined as the ability to do work. Teachers must have a variety of energy sources from which to draw. It is our collective cognitive, emotional, physical, and spiritual energy that sustains teaching in our schools. For teaching and learning to be regenerative, we must allow ourselves time to recharge our batteries. This means sharing in the cognitive, emotional, physical, and spiritual demands of learning with students. For teachers' energy budgets to be in balance, energy inputs and outputs must also remain in sync. This is not as simple as measuring the number of watts in versus the number of watts out. For teachers, it's much more personal and personally variable. We need to believe teachers when they tell us their energy levels are low or that they are burning out. The third cross-cutting sustainable teaching theme is vulnerability. Embracing vulnerability will entail letting go of the urge to control and predict learning in the classroom. Although teachers should make informed pedagogical decisions and consider their effect on students, they do not need to control every moment of an instructional block. Teachers can only control so much. Pursuing sustainability requires acknowledging this truth. Consider how much the cognitive, emotional, physical, and spiritual load teachers hold for students. When teachers make the choice to be vulnerable, they share responsibility for these demands with students which in turn means they no longer have full control over what will emerge in the classroom. And this is where it can get scary. To work towards sustainability, you will have to let some things go. You will no longer be able to control or predict events the way you used to. Understand that letting go and opening yourself up to uncertainty is a form of sharing responsibility and by proxy, building strong partnerships with learners. And that leads us to our fourth cross-cutting sustainability theme, which is partnership. Now, I tend to think of classrooms as ecosystems. In the natural world, the primary producers of energy are diverse and plentiful. Plants are responsible for harnessing and converting the sun's energy into usable energy for consumers. In too many traditional classrooms, however, it is up to teachers to be the primary producers of learning. Partnering with learners means actively resisting this notion. Instead, students become the primary producers of learning. Teachers harvest that energy in the form of evidence of student learning, curating students' conversations, questions, and responses to learning tasks into a sustainable energy source that keeps students learning all year long. This sustainability cannot happen without teacher-student partnership. Partnering with students and harvesting the fruits of their learning garners myriad benefits. Teachers learn more about students as the students actions and words contribute to what is known about who they are and how they best learn. Guiding students through the learning process helps them cultivate enhanced self-awareness of their own learning preferences and optimal learning conditions. Teachers can also share the energy demands of learning with students so that teachers are not weathering the demands of learning on their own. Partnership might allow teachers to do less, but that does not mean that less learning is happening in the classroom. Instead. The energy is just distributed differently, at times generating even more energy for learning because more human beings are contributing to the learning experience. The fifth cross-cutting sustainable teaching theme is ritual. Linda Darwich and Allison Thompson, teacher educators at Lewis and Clark College in Portland, Oregon, identify three R's for sustainability. Relationships, reason, and ritual. They note that rituals can give us a sense of reliability peace and calm. Although Darwich and Thompson mainly focus on rituals for self-care, things like daily walks for reflection and regeneration, self-care alone is not enough to make teaching sustainable. I'm going to say that again. Self-care alone is not enough to make teaching sustainable. Rituals can be introduced for many reasons. Consider the benefits of having well-practiced yet flexible learning rituals in the classrooms. First, The more frequently a ritual is performed, the less cognitive demand it requires. Its performance becomes like muscle memory rather than requiring strenuous thought and effort. Second, a ritual provides a sense of psychological safety and competency. Oh, we've We've done done this before, students will think. This familiarity makes it easier for them to engage and re-enter the ritual because they are more likely to feel successful carrying it out. Rituals also allow for learner agency, As students can perform learning rituals independently once they've learned how, adapting them as their needs change. Rituals should not be mindless. They should support learner agency so that students can share in the energy demands of sustaining learning in the classroom. Rituals should also be flexible enough that they can shift with various tasks while incorporating novelty to make sure students are thinking critically. Teachers need to support students in reflecting on rituals, helping them understand how they can use them on their own or adapt them to meet their needs. The sixth and final cross-cutting sustainable teaching theme is simplicity. Simplifying teaching is no easy task. If teaching is oversimplified, it can become reductive, one-size-fits-all, and perhaps even industrialized. To leverage simplicity as a theme for sustainability, its purpose must be to create space and depth in one's teaching practice. Simplifying requires mindfulness and intentionality. It necessitates self-reflection around which practices are serving neither teachers nor students and then taking courageous steps to eliminate those practices. This simplification enables amplifying high-impact practices that benefit everyone in the classroom, teachers and learners alike. Identifying busy work is a powerful prompt for simplification. Are there moments in your school day where students are simply engaged in compliance tasks? Do these tasks help you know and serve learners? Are there assignments you provide or activities you create that fill time or attempt to keep kids busy? Not only is it a disservice to students to have them work for the sake of working, but this practice creates busy work for teachers. Busy work for students ultimately becomes Busy work for teachers. Now, the path towards sustainability must be action-oriented. It is imperative that your study of sustainable teaching, whether on your own or with a group of trusted colleagues, fosters acts of collective healing and professional growth. If your conversations around sustainability turn into actionless cycles of self-victimization and complaining, they will be counterproductive, chipping away at hope and and contributing to further unsustainability of teaching and learning in your school. Instead, acknowledge and validate the very real negative feelings you may have, and then do something with them. In order to have these courageous and sometimes difficult conversations about sustainable teaching, I suggest by starting with co-creating a set of discussion agreements, whether it is through this book or other conversations around sustainable teaching. Those discussion agreements should be something that everyone in the group commits to and something that everyone in the group feels comfortable holding each other accountable to. I suggest starting every discussion, whether it is through Make Teaching Sustainable or Another Avenue, with an agenda. And I suggest using a three-pronged structure to create action steps. That three-pronged structure is Amplify, Alter, and Activate. Amplify meaning which sustainable practices are you already implementing that you want to keep or increase? Alter meaning what do you want to change or stop about your teaching entirely to become more sustainable? And activate being which new practices would you like to implement to work towards sustainability? I also suggest that you assign roles and responsibilities within these discussions and that you take it slowly. Remember, The path to sustainability must itself be sustainable. You will not solve every problem related to sustainability simply by reading this book and implementing the recommended practices. Some issues and challenges will be outside of your locus of control and others will be unique to your school. The ultimate goal of this exploration of sustainable teaching is to provide a thought exercise to help you identify unsustainable practices in your environment. Consider categorizing the sustainability challenges you identify by the different types of actions they require. Some challenges you can act on in your classroom tomorrow, while other challenges will require long-term strategies, and still others will be best addressed in partnership with an administrator, coach, or instructional leadership team. Keep in mind, over the course of this journey towards sustainability, that the goal is always incremental shifts in practice to gradually create more sustainable behaviors and habits. The true test of sustainability is whether the impact you make lasts. Your efforts will be in vain if these incremental shifts do not lead to lasting change. Some might call these effects learning that sticks, while others might call them a transfer of learning. The degree to which your teaching sticks is sustains, and affects students' real lives can be a metric through which you measure your success with sustainability. Much like the earth itself, education is experiencing a climate crisis. This situation isn't yet hopeless, but simply telling teachers to take better care of themselves will not solve the problem. Instead, we must change the way we conceptualize and enact sustainable instruction in classrooms. In my hope, is that Make Teaching Sustainable starts you on that journey. Well, friends, that is where I will leave you today. I hope you take these six mindset shifts and six cross-cutting themes with you into this new school year, and I hope you'll come back to them as we explore sustainable teaching weekly in this podcast with a new guest each time. In the meantime, you can grab your copy of Make Teaching Sustainable on ASCD and Amazon, And you can follow along with me on Instagram and Twitter at sustainteaching. If you want to be a guest on the podcast in the future, please reach out to me by emailing paul at maketeachingsustainable.org. You can also learn more about the project and contribute your voice to the survey at maketeachingsustainable.org. Thanks so much for joining me, and we'll see you next time.